Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, it's PC, and I am here via video. That's right, amen. Had to be out of town this weekend, but I didn't want to miss you guys. And I'm going to tell you what, I'm excited about it because I'm teaching Righteousness revealed, and the way it's revealed is only through revelation. The awesome thing about today is this is going to slow me down, amen, and I'm going to really teach this thing about righteousness, amen. Um, I wanted them to prepare some note sheets for you guys so you can have some questions and some material that you could answer. Um, The team here is uh, always taking care of that stuff. Revelation of righteousness is one of the keys that me and you can have of understanding who we are. Amen? So I want you to take your faith. The Bible says that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. And the righteousness of God and Christ Jesus is who you are. And it's going to take faith to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you about you. Amen? But it's true. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Pastor Chris ain't lying. Come on, somebody. Look at your other neighbor. Say, Pastor Chris ain't lying. He's talking the truth about you today in this house. Amen. So I want you to prepare to receive by faith what I tell you because it's true. The word of God is true. Amen. Listen, circumstances and situations, they're just symptoms. They're just circumstances. They're not the truth. The Word of God is the truth. So I want you guys, prepare your heart today to get ready to receive what I tell you. Amen. I want you to write this down. We understand that right, you're going to have it in your sheet. We understand that righteousness means the ability to stand in the presence of the Father, God, without the sense of guilt or inferiority. This has been the quest of the ages, the desire to get rid of sin consciousness. That is the truth. How do I get rid of sin consciousness? Because sin consciousness came when Adam fell. That's what you got to get. God wanted God consciousness. Adam, sin, created sin consciousness. And we talked about last week, Adam how you know you're naked, how do you know this is messed up, and God's like, man, now we got a problem because of your disobedience, and he sends Jesus to rectify the problem of sin and to annihilate it once and for all. Powerful, because here's what we got to understand. Jesus did it for us. We have to receive what he did by faith. God has dealt with the sin problem. He's put sin away by the sacrifice of Jesus, his son. He has made it possible on legal grounds for man who was spiritually dead and who was in union with Satan to become a new creation by receiving the very nature and life of God. Okay? And this is very important. So the life and nature of God is righteousness. Pull that in. So God's life and God's nature is righteousness. What does that mean? He is in right standing with you as you are in right standing with him. Now, right standing 
was, now listen, man was in right standing with God in Adam. Adam's sin took man out of right standing with God. Jesus' obedience put God and man back in right standing. So God did not have right standing with man, and man didn't have right standing with God after sin, so we needed Jesus to bridge the gap. That is why the Bible calls there was a middle wall of separation between God and man, and Jesus annihilated it once and for all. He tore the veil of separation from the glory of God and the human man once and for all on the cross of Jesus Christ. The middle wall of separation, God and man, man and God, has been annihilated because of Jesus' obedience. So now we have union with God and God has union with man based upon righteousness, not through works, because no man's gonna boast, but through faith in Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did on the cross. So this thing has nothing to do with works. I'm gonna say this, I really believe this, the works won't get any better until you understand your position in righteousness. The works won't get any better. Your actions, your walk, your talk, your mouth, your interaction with people, your love walk, your spouse's relationship, none of that's your relationship with your children, none of this stuff is gonna get better based upon action until righteousness has been revealed, righteousness has been discovered, and then transformation of character will take place. I'm gonna say it like this. Character change is a byproduct of a righteous position. Your character changing is gonna be based on a righteous position. It's not gonna change out of discipline. It's not gonna change out of self-help stuff. It's gonna change by a revelation of who you are to determine who you're gonna be, amen? Because who you're gonna be in life is gonna be determined by what you've discovered about who you are. Very powerful, you gotta pull that in. So righteousness is gonna fix me, amen? So consequently, the man who has received the nature of God has automatically become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's very powerful. That's consequence, because of what Jesus did, you understand? So he fixed it, and that's not consequences in a bad way. This is like, hey man, Jesus did it, and this is what he gave you, and if you accept it, you can be it. It's not about what you work for, it's about what you have faith for, okay? Powerful right here, watch this. He may not know it and might not take advantage of it, but it's true. The dominion of sin consciousness over the believer has been destroyed because of Jesus' obedience. Sin consciousness came with the fall of man and was part of spiritual death. When Jesus took care of the fall of man and brought spiritual life and peace, he destroyed sin consciousness once and for all. This is where the powerful, where we get the powerful understanding. In Romans chapter five and 12, it says this. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. They'll put it on the screen. I think it reads better. I'm really liking you reading in the Amplified and maybe even some of the message in this because the King James is a little vague 
in the picture of how it portrays what was taken over and what took place, and I really like it in this. Therefore, as sin, look at Romans 5 and 12. Therefore, as sin came into the world through one man and death as a result of sin, so death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or escape its power because all man sinned. So Adam, everybody went with the fall, right? Watch this. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was ever given. But sin is not charged to man's account where there is no law, okay? So then he's saying there was no law, there was no sin. And once the law showed up, it was charged to man's account that he was a sinner. That's why we needed Jesus. Yet death held sway to Adam and Moses, and guess what? Even over those who did not themselves transgress. So we mar remember we talked about this? We weren't there when Adam sinned, but we got what? We were guilty, judicially guilty, by what? Position in Adam. It's very important. Why is that important? Because look what it says here. Watch. Yet death held man because of Adam's transgressions. Okay? Watch this. Verse 15. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all the proportion to the fall of man. For man died through one man's falling away, his lapse of offense. Moreover and profusely did God's grace and free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to the benefit of many. Very important. Why? Because here's the thing. We've been free because of what Jesus did. So here's an important factor. Down through the ages, universally, man has been under the curse and under spiritual death and under sin consciousness. But Jesus turned it around and gave us the blessing. He redeemed us from a sin conscious to a righteous conscious and puts us back into a position of right standing with God. So remember this. A spiritually dead man could not stand in the presence of God. We understand that. That's where Jesus kind of cuts in here, and I want you to look at this with me. We're going to slide over to Hebrews, and I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 9, and we're going to start reading in Hebrews 9 and verse 7. I want to just read some of this to you. I'm kind of catching some of this um, because I want you to kind of pull this in here. And we're going to look at this, Hebrews 9 and 7. Spiritually dead man cannot stand in the presence of God. This is why God illustrated the fact in the Old Testament that the high priest went into Holy of Holies once every year, and then only was the blood covering sin. The high priest did not go into a holy place of worship only to make a yearly atonement for the spiritually dead Israel. God sent his son to the world to become the incarnate, to become the eternal united sacrifice for mankind. So this is what I want you to see in Hebrews chapter 9. We're going to look at this in verse 7, and we're going to read a little bit about this because I want you to get the understanding. Jesus became the eternal sacrifice for man once and for all. We don't need to have continual, perpetual sacrifices giving for sin because Jesus did it once and for all. So what am I trying to tell you? You guys don't have to have a sin consciousness on the daily of life because Jesus went and took care of it once and for all. Do you see it? It's very important. Like, I wake up today, I feel like a sinner. Be quiet. He went and took care of it once and for all. You don't have to live under that guilt. You don't have to live under that shame. You don't have to live under that process. You don't have to live under that blame. You don't have to live under any of that mess. You can live in a righteous position, not because of you, but because of him. Very, very important. Amen? But look what it says. 
but unto the second went the high priest alone once. It is essentially a temporary arrangement until a complete overhaul could be made. Every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. But redemption, everybody remember this, redemption through the blood of Christ is key. Now I want you to build that on there right there. Because we're going to look at Hebrews 9 and 11. We're just going to skip on down. You can read all this. But I'm, guys, here's the thing. There's so much to read. You should read all the Romans and all the Hebrews at the same time in the Amplified Bible while I'm in this series. The whole, the whole, the whole book. But I get like 45 minutes with you guys. You should have church every day. Praise be to God. We meet every day. Come on, somebody. We just call it seven days a week. Woo, what's the name of your church? Seven days a week. We just show up and learn about Jesus so we could be dominion people in the earth and have victory in every area of our life. That's why you're learning it. Now look what he says right here. But Christ being, or basically, but Christ did what he became and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Woo, look at that. A greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not part of this material creation, or it says it even here, it says, not part of this building, neither by the blood of bulls or goats or calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having eternal obtaining eternal redemption for us. Now, you better look at 9 and 12, okay? I got that in the message, I think that 9, 12, but I want to read it over here in the Amplified too. He won in, Hebrews 9 and 12 in the Amplified. He went in once for all into the holy of holies of heaven, not by virtue of blood of bulls and goats and calves, by which to make reconciliation between God and man. But he came in with his own blood, having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us. Did you get that? A complete redemption and everlasting release for us. So here's a thought I want you to keep. If Jesus gave you complete redemption through his blood, the everlasting release from sin, then how in the world can what I do undo what he did? You can't undo it, guys. This is what I want you to really grab. You cannot undo this thing where you're like, well, you know, I'm, I failed. Your fail doesn't undo what he did. Well, I'm not living perfect. Your unperfect living can't undo what he did. Now, I'm not giving you this opportunity to go reckless. What I'm trying to get you to see is it's not the fact of how good you do to determine what Jesus can do. It's about how much you understand how much he's done for you to release you to be able to do everything he called you to do. That's important because watch this. Man, I like this. It was a perfect sacrifice. Man, you better see this because we're going to go look. I just want just time's sake again. You got to read all the Hebrews 12. Just let's skip on down to Hebrews 10, 14. Man, this is good stuff. Everybody say, this is good stuff. Look at Hebrews 10. You can read all of 9 and 10 when you go home. That's your homework assignment. Look at Hebrews 10, 14. Woo! Man, I'm going to read it in the, the Amplified, the message, and then we're going to break this thing down, right? So you could do this. This is really good. For by a single offering, we're talking about Jesus, he has forever completely cleansed my God. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
You say, Pastor Chris, what you mean? I feel the Holy Ghost, amen? I'm getting happy, happy, happy. For by a single offering, he has forever, woo, come on, somebody, forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. That's me and you. And also, the Holy Spirit adds this testimony to us. He said what? I'm telling you, you got a new covenant. You can read it all. Look what it says in the Message Bible. It was a perfect sacrifice. Look at this. Look, you were looking at that screen? Look at them screens over there. I know. You say, Pastor, you on the screen. I know, but they got the scriptures up there. Look, it was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person mm-hmm. to perfect some very imperfect people. I'm going home, man. I'm just going to walk off the tape. <laughs> oh, did you read that? I'm just, I'm, I'm exiting right now. I'm gone. I'm dropping the mic and leaving. Did you see this? Come on, man. He's talking about you. Look at your neighbor say he's talking about you. Look at the other neighbor say, he's talking about you. He's talking about me and you. Look, he just said, he said, look, you ain't perfect. I know you ain't perfect. Look what he said here. It was a perfect sacrifice, Jesus, by the perfect person, Jesus, to perfect me and you, the very imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything. What? By that single offering, he did everything that he needed to do to be done. (laughs) I can't even read this. This is too good. Listen to this. Listen to this. By that single offering, he did everything. Everybody say everything. That needed to be done for everyone who takes part in this purifying process. He did it. He took care of the sin of the world once for all. Do you read this? So write this down. I got another little question. Here's my question. Question number one I already gave you. Remember when we started? Here's question number two. What does perfected mean? What do you mean he's perfected forever them that are sanctified? He perfected them through what? They were very imperfect, but I perfected them. What does perfected mean? That's my question to you. It means this. Perfected means to make perfect, complete, to carry out thoroughly, completely, to accomplish, to finish, to bring to an end, to complete, perfect. Add what was yet wanting in order to render a thing full. My God. To be found perfect, to bring to an end a goal, basically to accomplish, to bring to a close or fulfillment by an event. Watch this one. <laughs> to bring, this is so good, I'm gonna put it together. To bring to a close or fulfillment by event of the prophecies of the scripture. He's saying, look, he finished it. He finished it because he showed up and perfected you because of what he did, and that's how you got made righteous. Here's important, man. You want to see this? Look, at, look side on down to Hebrews. Let's just keep reading. Let's just keep reading. Read 16, 17, 18, 19, and then we're going to get in this thing. This is the agreement. What is the agreement? Okay? Okay? Look at this. This is the agreement. What's the agreement? Now, I'm reading this in the Amplified, but I think I got the message in here. Hang on one minute. I think I got the message in here. Man, this message thing. Oh, yeah. You're going to see this. The Holy Spirit confirms this. 
Look at this. This is how he does it. Okay, look at this. Look at this. The Holy Spirit, it's in the message, this. This new plan I'm making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper. It's going to be chiseled in stone. This time I'm writing out of the plan. I'm writing out the plan in them, carving it in the lining of their hearts. So he's got, he got you inside. Woo, woo, woo. Right? Check this out. He concludes, he concludes this. He concludes, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. Did you get that? Did you read that? He concludes, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. Did you read that? I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. He's like, it's done. Okay. Once sins are taken care of for good, there's no longer any need for sacrificing for them. So friends, man, my God in heaven. So friends, we can now without hesitation walk right up to God into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God, the curtain into God's presence is his body. He's like, man, I gave you straight access to the God. Glory to God. Look at this right here. Check this out. I want you to see this thing. Did you get that? Friends, we can walk in without hesitation. Why? Because Jesus made you righteous. So how can me and you walk in, just walk into heaven like we own it because of what Jesus did? So now let me ask you a question. If Jesus did it by you taking place in what he did, that's not unrealistic or is that that not part of what you should be keeping in your character? That's what you should be. You should take your place in righteousness. You should take your place rooted in righteousness. You should take your position in righteousness. So write this down. Here's question number three. The son went on the cross. Son, of course, being Jesus. Jesus went on the cross by the determined, determinate counsel of God, became sin, took our place as the substitute. Then he conquered the enemy and made righteousness available to man. My God in heaven. Did you pull that in? Jesus went on the cross by the determinate counsel, right? God determined this is the way to do it. Well, counsel of God, he became sin, took our place as a substitute, then he conquered the enemy and made righteousness available to everybody. My God. And that, you find that right here in 1 Peter 3.18. 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ, the Messiah himself, died for sins once and for all. That's the Amplified Bible. For all the righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty, that he might bring us to God in his human body. He was put to death, but he was made alive in the spirit. Do you see that? And that's what it said right there. It said, in his body, we break the curtain. Remember we read that in Hebrews 10, 19? The curtain into God's presence is his body. So check this out. The presence of God is in the body of God, and when you got born again, you stepped out of Adam and stepped into Christ. When you stepped into Christ, you stepped into the presence. You stepped into the righteousness. This new creature in Christ never been one like you before. When you stepped out of you, you stepped in the body. Know ye not that your temple is the body. You are the temple of the living God. God lives in you. You see it? So when you came and got born again, you stepped into the body. When you stepped into the body, that body had the fulfillment of the presence of God, the righteousness of God, the sacrifice 
sacrifice of God, and then when you came in the body, you were made it. Now listen, if you still in you, then you could be you. I ain't in me, I'm in him. Praise be to God. A redemption, remember this. Now this is gonna sound, this is gonna mess you up, but you really gotta hear me. A redemption that, that did not make man righteous would be a fallacy. It'd be a lie. So if we got redeemed by anything else that may, would not make us righteous, it'd be phony. But until man is righteous and knows it, Satan's gonna reign over you. Sin and disease will try to get on you. But the instant he knows that he is the righteousness of God in Christ and knows that righteousness and what it means, Satan's defeated. And the church ain't teaching this. The church is teaching partial, spare righteousness. We ain't part, partial to nothing. We gonna step into this thing. Question number four is so powerful, I want you to write this down. You're gonna have it in your notes, amen, but I want you to see this. That righteousness comes to us by taking Jesus Christ as Savior and confessing his lordship over our life. That's just a born-again experience. All right, Pastor Chris, you spent here 15, 20 minutes telling me about all this stuff. How do I get it? You become a believer. And now here's what you do. After you believe, now you got to start renewing your mind to who you are in Christ. That's why, I renew, that's why coming to church ain't even an option because you got to learn this stuff. You see what I'm saying? you got to learn this stuff. When we understand what Jesus did for us, we understand we got victory. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. Look at this. In him who knew no sin, God made to become sin on our behalf. That's Jesus. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ. The righteousness is not an experience, although it gives birth to many marvelous experiences. It is the nature of, fa of the Father imparted to us. Righteousness isn't something we experience. Righteousness is something you become. It's your DNA. Does that make sense? I got DNA in my body, right? If you took my DNA, you know, they swab your face and they put in there, oh, you got DNA, right? If you got my kids and you did DNA, oh, you the daddy. You ever watch Jerry Springer? Come on, some of you watch Jerry Springer, don't lie. You know what I mean? Remember that back in the day? Now he's talking about Jerry Springer. I'm funny even when I'm on tape. Come on, you know what I'm saying? You remember that? And, and you remember that, Jerry Springer or Maury Povich or whatever that the dude is, right? They go on that show, right? Here's this dude. He's like, no, I ain't I've been with nobody. I, I ain't been with nobody. I don't, I ain't never been with nobody. They're like, yeah, we're going to get a swab test. We'll find out who you've been with, right? And they, and they pull out that little manila envelope. <laughs> they pull out that manila envelope, and that dude's like, I, I, I didn't do nothing with that girl. I didn't, I didn't even touch her. I didn't touch her. And they're like, well, they do it, right? And they saw, and, the ver and they come up with the verdict. I watched it like one time. It's hilarious. You should go home and watch it. Watch it on YouTube, right? They're like, and on the account of, you know, Tom over here, you know, Tom, Tom's got his swab test come in. And the DNA test results prove that Tom's not just the, the baby daddy. He the baby daddy of eight kids. This joker lying, 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 pants on fire lying. And the DNA nailed him. And he still, hey, my, I don't know nothing about it. I don't know what happened. The DNA don't lie, bro. Guess what? You paying child support, baby. Come on, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? It's in your DNA. You could deny it. You could refuse it. You could reject it. You could say it ain't you. I got news for you. You got God's DNA in you. If we could DNA test your mouth, we're going to look like heaven. Glory to God. That's who you are. It's your DNA. Some of you need me to swab you. Some of you, we need to slap you. Glory to God, y'all wake up. Come on, y'all understand who you are? Look at this. The righteousness is not an experience, although it gives many marvelous experiences. Righteousness is what? It's who you are. 
It's been imparted into you. It's in your DNA. You good with me. God's like, you good with me. God, I'm a clown. You still good with me. God, I act like a goof. You still good with me. God, I'm sinning. You still good with me, man. It's in your DNA to be all right with me. You might jack up the fellowship, but the relationship is solid. We are together. Amen? Very important, man. Look at this. It is the, the, the nature that is gained in the ascendancy in us until we know who we are. We're going to understand this. We can be mastering and conquering the earth. That's really good. Look what it says here. I got a different translation. I got the NASB for this. 2 Corinthians 5, 29. Jesus took our place in that he was made sin for us. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so we might become the righteous of God in him. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, suspended between heaven and earth, the sins of the world were placed on him. The perfect son of man carried our guilt, our shame, our sin, and all the blame on him so we could be free. If he paid the, he paid the ticket, bro, don't pick it up. Paid for him. Glory to God. Look at question number five. Jesus took our place and that he experienced physical death, not just any death, but the death of a lawbreaker. That is a very important picture, and I want you to see this. Um, what do you mean? Everyone dies, but there's a difference between dying a natural death and being executed for one's crimes. Sin is the violation of God's law. I never thought of this point a day in my life. And this really stretched my capacity of thinking. Because we always say, Jesus died. Jesus did not just die and then resurrect. Jesus died a death of a lawbreaker. You see this? He didn't just live a good life and then step over into glory. Jesus died a death as a criminal. So if you judicially died the death as a criminal, you set free them that have committed the crime. In place, he took my place and suffered the penalty. You can't put this, it's double jeopardy, guys. It's all the way through this thing. Judicially, you can't do this. Look, I'm, I'm telling you, maybe get this. Look at this. I know you're pulling this in. I'm making, see, this is good though, ain't it? Because I'm a little slower on video. Because I'm not like, I kind of like the idea. I can like, kind of like roam. I can only roam so far. But did you get that? I'm just letting you sit in this, sit in this, marinate in this moment. Okay? Watch this. This is good stuff. Okay, everyone dies, but there's a difference. Okay, look at 1 John 3 and 4. Everyone who commits and practices sin is guilty of lawlessness. For that is what sin is, lawlessness. The breaking, violating of God's law by transgression or neglect, being unrestrained and unregulated by his commands and his will. Man, that is a powerful, powerful translation. Look at this. Everyone who commits and practices sin is guilty of lawlessness. For that is what sin is. Lawlessness, the breaking, violating of God's law by transgression or neglect, being unrestrained and unregulated by his commands and his will. Man, oh man. You see that? Man. Jesus took our place for that. Okay, well, now watch this. Everybody sinned and we deserve death, but he didn't give us death. He took the place of death for us. And you can see that, man. You see that all through Romans. Um, uh, look at this. Look at Romans 3, 23, and we're going to look at Romans 6, 23, 
We're gonna read a little bit, but let's just look at this. Romans 3, 23. Since all have sinned are fallen short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. All are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. See that? We're seeing this. Who God put forward before our eyes of all as a mercy seat in perpetuation by his blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through him, through faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. See that? He passed them over. Because why? Because Jesus paid the price. Look at Romans 6.22. Look what it says here. But since now, or now since, you have been set free from sin and have become the slaves of God. You're not a slave to sin no more. You're a slave of God. You have what? What does that mean? That just means this. You're in oneness with God. You have your present reward in holiness, and its end is eternal life. For the wages of sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life in union with Christ Jesus our Lord. My God in heaven. Not, you, this, this stuff right here, this is true, and I'm going to keep hitting you with this. Question six. I'm just writing these down. When I say questions, these are just highlights. I want you to take takeaways. I want you to take these takeaways home with you. Take them home, meditate in them, read them over, read them with the kids, read them with your spouse, read them to yourself. Jesus released us from the penalty. Although he had committed no crime, Jesus was executed as a criminal. In fact, it is because he was sinless that his death avails to us. So he was sinless, and he went, and that's what I'm saying. He, paid, he didn't just die. He paid the price as a criminal. See, when he got crucified, he was with other criminals. Remember? You see the crucifixion? They were thieves. They were robbers. They were wrong. They had committed crime. He didn't commit no crime. But how would he be tried as a lawbreaker? He got tried as a lawbreaker to take my place because I was a breaker of the law. You see it? How do you take somebody perfect and spotless and sinless and say, you got to pay the penalty of a lawbreaker? Because it was what? It was prophecy come in the past that he who knew no sin was going to take the sins of the lawbreaker, me and you. So let me ask you a question. <laughs> this is going to blow you out. If Jesus is on the cross suffering as a lawbreaker when he committed no sin, then why is he there? Because you put him there. I put him there. Now, now, pull, pull, pull that in. I'm looking at myself, but pull, you better pull that in, bro. You understand this? No, pull this in. Watch this. Just get me. I'm coming to you right now. I want you to hear me. Pay attention. So Jesus is sinless, does not sin, never sin, never touch sin. Me and you are going to pay the price for Adam's sin as lawbreakers of the law because we broke the law. That's my punishment. So you stand in there like them thieves that are on the cross going, hey, they're like, hey, Jesus, will you remember me today in Paris? You deserve it. The other guy deserved it. Jesus don't deserve it. So how in the world is Jesus hanging on a cross paying the price of a lawbreaker when he never broke the law? Meditate, marinate, translate, and activate. I'm talking to you. Look at your neighbor say, he's talking to you. Look at your other neighbor say, he's talking to you. Think about what I'm saying. I'm going to go real slow and pull this in. If Jesus never committed law-breaking sin, why is he hanging on the cross as a lawbreaker? 
He's hanging there in your place because you are the lawbreaker. And when he got the punishment, which was death, he freed you from the lawbreaking. He freed you from the sin. He, feel, he freed you and me from the problem. So I got news for you. If he freed me from it, this thing can't stick to me no more because he paid the price for it on the cross. He said, it is finished. And what? Fulfilled everything that needed to be fulfilled for me and you to have great success in life. Come on, guys, pull this in. You see it? He's like, man, wait a minute. He, he never committed sin, but he's on a cross paying the price for a lawbreaker. I'm the lawbreaker. He took your place. He who knew no sin became sin so that you, the son of man, come on, took the sins. This, look at this. The son of God took the sin of the son of man on him on the cross so we could take the blessing of the son of God on us. Exchange. That's where he starts talking about Colossians. He said, I ripped you out of darkness, put you in a marvelous light. I took you out of one kingdom, put you in the other. I pulled you out of you and did a miracle. My God in heaven, are you getting this? He paid the price so you don't have to pay. So here's the thing, you can't put it on me. If he, oh my God, come on, man. If he paid the price for it, if he did the time, I don't have to. And you can't put guilt on me of something that he paid the price for and you can't put shame on me and you can't put no fear on me. You can't put none of this mess on me because I'm free from it because not because of what I did but because of what he did. You see this? So Jesus was executed as a criminal. In fact, it is because he was sinless that his death avails so much victory to me and you. He had no personal sin to pay for so his death pays for ours. Woo! Our legal debt has been paid in full. Our legal, everybody say, my legal debt, everybody say it, my legal debt has been paid in full. I want you to look at this. Look at John 19. Just pull this in. Look at John chapter 19. Amen. Okay. And I want you to look at John 19, 30. Remember what he said there? Remember what he said there? I got, I got a good, def- I, want, I want to read it to you right here. He said this, and when Jesus had received, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up the spirit. When he finished that right there, he finished the price. Paid for. Right there. When he said, it is finished, he said, I paid for it. Man, oh man. Watch this, watch this, watch this. When he said, it is finished and gave up the ghost, he said, it's paid for. Woo. My God. Said, paid for in full. I want this. uh, when 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 he sipped the sour wine, he said, it is finished, my bride. Then he bowed his head and surrendered his spirit to God. My God in heaven. As the old gospel song says, I love this. He paid a debt he didn't know, and I owed a debt I couldn't pay. Woo, come on, somebody. He paid a debt he didn't know, and I owed a debt I couldn't pay. My God in heaven, he did it for you. So Jesus took our place judicially. You understand what I mean by that? Bearing the penalty of sin and dying in our place. This is all legal terminology. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus don't break no law. He loves order. God loves order. Okay? So this, when you were dead in sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you of all your sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness. Man, did you get what I just said? He canceled your debt. He canceled the legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away and nailed it to the cross. Now, you better see this. Now, we're going to read this now. I don't know. I'm going to get this done. I promise you this. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 2, okay? Go to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to read this. We're going to read it slow. Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to start reading with verse 6. 
and I'm going to read it to you, and I want you to see this. I want you to see this up there. I'm just going to flip my translation over. And look what it says here. It says, as you have therefore received Christ, even the Lord Jesus, so walk. You see it? So walk, regulate your lives and your conduct, okay? Conduct yourself right in union with and conformity to him, okay? Having the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him. Now, this is the awareness. You're opening your eyes to the understanding. In him, okay? Everybody say, in him, in him, okay? In him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up in him, becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Here we go. See to it that no one carries you off to spoil or spoil you or make yourselves captive by so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle dances and plain nonsense. Don't get caught up with all this junk. Follow human tradition and all this man's ideas and all this nonsense. You don't need all that stuff. Element teachings of the earth, okay? You don't need any of that. But follow Christ the Messiah, teachings of Jesus. For in him, the whole fullness of the Godhead continues to dwell in the bodily form giving complete expression of the divine nature. Now, here we go. 10, 11, and 12, and I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it because you need to see it. For him, the fullness of deity, and you are in him. Now, start with verse 10 and get ready. Gear up. You're almost done. Give me like four minutes. I'm going to have you out the door. And you are in him. Who's in him? You're in him. You're in him. Your, your neighbor's in him. The person back you in him. If you save, you're in him, right? And you are in him made full and having come to the fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. In him also you were what? Circumcised with the circumcision not made with hands, but in the spiritual circumcision performed by God or Christ, by the stripping off of the body of flesh, the whole corrupt coronation with its passions and lusts. Thus, you were circumcised when you were buried with him in your baptism, and you were also raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working in as displayed as he raised him from the dead. And you were who, who were dead. Now, here's my part, ready. And you who were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensuality, your sinful carnation, God brought to life together with Christ. Have they freely forgiven us all our transgressions? Look at verse 14, having canceled, blotted out, wiped away the handwriting, the note of bond, and its legal decree. There's that spiritual indebtedness. I took it all. I canceled it. I took the legal decree. I took the indebtedness. I took it all. And I demand, and the price that was demanded, which was the force that stood against us, this note where this regulation decrees, man, he set aside and cleared completely out of your way by nailing it to Christ. He said, I put on me the legal note that was on you. I put the indebtedness, I put the curse, I put the sick, I put the broke, I put the busted, I put the shame, I put the disgusted, I put it all on me, and I nailed it once and for all. Man, oh man, did you see this? This note with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set it aside and cleared, completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. God disarmed the principalities and powers, and what? And were ranged against us and made a, pol a public display of them and broke them and nailed it. In other words, here's my last point. In other words, God nailed all the accusations against us to the cross. And God will never, never see believers in Christ as deserving 
the death penalty because our crimes have already been punished in the physical body of Jesus. My God, did you read that? Did you see that? That's our note right there. That's our last note. In other words, God nailed all the accusations against us to the cross, and God will never see believers in Christ as deserving the death penalty because our crimes have already been punished in the physical body of Jesus. God's laws say, now look at you are guilty of sin against the holy God, and justice demands your life. And Jesus answered, take my life instead. The fact that Jesus took our place shows God's greater love. Greater love has no man than this than to lay down his life for his friends. My God in heaven, guys, when you look at righteousness, I don't, I don't want you to miss this. You can believe this about you. Take this note sheet, go home, look it over. Really, really allow it to penetrate your heart. Allow it to penetrate your soul. Listen to me, guys. They're, they're going to get up. The team's going to pray for you. We're going to step in this next transition right here. We're going to worship God for a minute. But I want you to do something before you leave this room. I want you to believe what righteousness says about you. I want you to accept what righteousness has said about you. And I want you to know this. And I want to leave you with this thought. And this is the last thought I'm going to leave you with. This wasn't your plan. This wasn't your idea. This wasn't your place of redemption. This wasn't how you thought, but this is what Jesus thought. And this is how he wanted it to be. He wanted you to understand what, he's what I'm telling you today. Because this was God's greater plan for man. Religion tries to get it cloudy. People try to mess it up. Preachers probably didn't do it justice, but this is the purity of the gospel. This is the key of the gospel. That you right here today understand that Jesus wanted to make you righteous because he knew that in having you be righteous, he can have fellowship, he can have intimacy, and he can have relationship. But if you don't, if you don't, if you don't pay the price, somebody's got to. So he paid the price for you so you don't have to. Guys, do this, please. Don't keep paying the price in the earth for something he took care of from heaven. Accept it, believe it, allow it to adjust your life and change your mind. Because I promise you this, it's going to change your heart. And it's going to change the way you see God forever. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, God, for the congregation. And I thank you, God, for them watching online. I thank you, Lord, for everybody that's here today. I thank you, Lord, that change and transformation is taking place in all of our lives. Because as we see righteousness, we're never going to be the same again. I bless you, Father, and bless them. May you open the eyes of their understanding that they could see and know that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Give them eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand, and let them walk in the fullness of the revelation of who they are in you. I know you love us, but God, we're starting to fall more in love with you because we're starting to see who you are, even at a greater level. We love you, Lord. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. I'm going to see you guys Wednesday night. I love you. God bless you. Here's Pastor Roxy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.